Oh, I heard something. Yep, I was pushing dial in because I'm a retard uh. <laughs> instead of Wi-Fi. Nailed it, at least. What's happening, man? Man, not much, man. It's been a, it's been a while since we talked. I'm pumped to do this. Yeah, we we haven't talked for a little while now. Right. And right. and you've been quite busy. A little bit. Yeah, I've done a few things. Just finished Akron half about hour ago. Yeah, yeah. How how did it go? How are you feeling? Ah, uh, fine. We ran. I ran with a friend that's just come back from an injury. So we ran. She wanted a two thirty. We were actually two thirty one. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we have fun. So that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. And man, I I guess uh I guess if anyone's listening to this that has not listened to any of the previous podcasts, for sure listen to the first one we did. I think that was super good of just like the whole backstory of everything that you've kind of went through. And um I guess you could tell everyone what uh you know, what is the big event that you did recently uh that uh, kind of sparked this conversation. <laughs> five lakes 200 miler and somehow i was blessed to win that thing over all winter just i ran a perfect race i'll never run a race like that again mentally everything was perfect didn't have one dark period in, in actually 212 miles made a few wrong turns <laughs> that seems almost <laughs> almost impossible you know what i mean because like it, it, know, is, it just even a 50 miler it's really like common to just at least have some type of lower dark patch i i didn't I, it was amazing just everything all the pieces fell into place i mean my nutrition i ate no solid foods till about about mile 61 at that aid station. I uh, I shouldn't say that. I eat fruit, some fruits and honey stinger waffles. And other than that, I was using uh, Scratch Lab hard, hard, high carb drink. Okay, yeah, that's probably similar to similar to Tailwind, I would assume, like their version of like a Tailwind type thing. Uh, it's uh, Tailwind makes me sick, but yeah, similar. Yeah, my, I had belly issues with Tailwind. Um, so each 16 ounce, uh, yeah, 16 to 20 ounce, you mix seven scoops with it. It's got 400 calories okay. and 35% of your carbs and like 20% of your salts. So, and of course I ran, you know how I run. <laughs> yeah, you go hard in the paint early on a lot. <laughs> I, I ran well. I ran a two hundred miler. I started no shirt and two handhelds, no pack, and so every aid station I left, I had eight hundred calories just in my handhelds, with with the uh, with that drink and and I trained with it and knew, I was hoping it would my belly would hold out and it did, amazing, and then I still did uh, honey stinger waffles. Uh, kind of tried to do it every hour to hour 20 minutes just to put something in my belly. And then at the aid stations, I would grab watermelon grapes. But other than that, no solid foods, no PBJ, no, no nothing, nothing till that mile 61. So aside from this race, the farthest you had gone was 150, right? 
No, I didn't finish that race. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, the um, the heck was it? Veterans Memorial 150. No, my farthest distance was 106 and a half miles in a 24 hour race. So, so uh, how how long ago was that one? Uh, the 106. That was in September of 2019. Okay. So why, what made you all of a sudden decide like 200? I'm going for it. Um, Jeremy Followay, his prodding, you know, we, he's, he's a really good friend of mine and he's the race director. And he also, we work together on our painting stuff. Um, cause I have my own paint business. So he works with me and just him prodding me. Um, yeah, I didn't think I could do it. And he kept, he kept poking the bear and I really didn't think I was going to run any hundreds this year, any ultras. Um, you know, I had cancer diagnosis in November of 2022, 20, wait, what year are we in? 2020, 2022, February, 2023, they removed my prostate and Five months and one week after my surgery, I won a 200-mile race. That alone and, is one of the most stat I'm, lines you can hear. Yeah, and I'm cancer-free. It, it's in remission. Yeah. It's in remission. Um, we'll be checking it every six months for the next five years. Um, yeah. So as far as I know, I'm also the first guy with HIV to finish a two, win a 200-miler, too. Yeah, I would. Or yeah, I'll say probably so. Yeah, yeah. I, I would yeah. be very doubtful there was anyone else. You're in a very exclusive yeah. category for sure. <laughs> and um, you were 57 at the time of finishing that. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I just turned 58 uh, four days ago. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, so, yeah, that October is another thing of like three days you know, ago. How many? Yeah. How many? You know, 50 plus year olds are finishing 200 milers. It's it's a short list for sure. And it was, yeah, um, over 10 hours I won by also. Oh, yeah, that's that. I mean, that's that's a whole whole race. You know what I mean? That's like a 50 miler. (laughs) I went home, ate, showered, slept and came down to watch Heather finish. Yeah, I came down to watch this first place. She was first place female overall and uh, second place. And we go back. Um, We ran some races together. So it was cool to see her finish as well. And, you know, I find it interesting you said that you didn't think that you could finish it, which which I find that funny because I, I hear a lot of like people saying like, oh, you need to believe in yourself. You need to do this and that. And I've always thought like you don't need to believe in yourself. You just need to try. You just need to try to do yes. the things to get you Absolutely. there. You don't have to believe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it was just, I'm telling you, Wes, it was just I ran. I mean, I led till about mile 45 even 100 milers and you were yeah uh, you were going hard I was, I was going hard and it felt good and i came into the aid stations there's just a lot that happened so i going into the race i wasn't going to have any crew until about 6 p.m saturday which would have been it would have been 14 to 16 hours before i had any crew i had pacers and crew lined up from there out but um, my girlfriend, who um, I guess she was kind of my girlfriend at the start of the race, but she, well, I mean, we had 
we had met um, back in December, 4th of July. We hung out down at her place in South Carolina. And the week after the race, she was supposed to fly up here for a week. She volunteered to drive up to crew me, never crewing a race before, never, never even being around an ultra. And without her there, I couldn't have done it either. I mean, um, <laughs> I woke her up a few times. <laughs> she, she was sleeping in her car, but um, having my nutrition in her car, that Scratch Labs drink, um, to be able to have at every aid station was the difference for me. And to see somebody, I mean, you've ran ultras, you know how refreshing it is to see people in an aid station that you know. Not to mention the, the all the volunteers that with Race Brimstone, I know most of the volunteers also. And, you know, I knew a lot of the runners out there too. So, but with her, without her coming up from South Carolina, I don't, I doubt if I finished the way I did either. Um, so, it was just amazing. You know, take, take me through like your, your training. Like what, what did you do leading up to this with <laughs> your running? Um, so my friend Summer, I, she had her goal race of 50 miler and I kind of coach her and train her. I have, we're, we're actually best friends. We go back a while. So I had those, I had a couple 50 K races on weekends planned. And then the week before, um, five lakes, I ran her longest race, the burning river 50 miler a week before that was, and those were my longest training runs. My other training runs, I, I was doing back-to-back-to-backs, um, 18 to 20 miles, three days in a row. Those were the majority of my long runs, other than the couple races I ran. Um, let's see. I, I did a trail marathon, Akron Trail Marathon, where um, I ran that in four hours. Um, that was about a month out, maybe five weeks out. I did a 50K. I did a 50K the week before. I forget what race that was. It Akron Trail Marathon and then a 50K the following week. A week off from there and then Burning River 50. And then just various training runs. I did a lot of speed work. Um, one day a week I was running intervals, which I, I think you know that adds to your endurance too so um, it's but funny no that you ran big... a 50 miler a week before because that that would fly in the face of like what anyone would prescribe you know for a um, two well yeah but it was it was on the calendar and it was my best friend's first 50 miler before i signed up for five lakes gotta do it um so she was injured like three weeks before the race and a pt told her not to run um she actually <laughs> rolled her she rolled her ankle really bad at, um, yeah, it was three weeks out, Buckeye Trail, 50-miler, three miles from the finish line. I mean, she finished She finished walking barefoot because she's badass, but um, she didn't think she was actually, she went to the hospital the, after she got home that night. I told her. If it hurts, don't walk on it. She saw a PT a week later. She finally got in, or an ortho, I'm sorry. Um, and it was just a higher, high up ankle sprain, but it could require surgery, stay off of it, do what you think you can do. 
And she didn't run, but she went to PT, did stretches, and, and talking with a friend of ours who is a PTA, he said, well, if there's a threat of having surgery, go out. I say go out and do it. And she's perfect now. So the moral of the story is if you have a bad ankle, run a slow 50. <laughs> that is the magic <laughs> potion. Yes, that was it. Yeah, and she's running great now. So it was slower. So it it was actually 14 hours and 31 minutes. So it was more of a time on feet, which I think helped me also. I really do. I don't think it hampered at all. Yeah. yeah we had a blast. I got to watch. Doing that. Yeah. And I got to watch my best friend finish her first 50, which was really cool, too. And she, I mean, it poured that day. I mean, we were 10 minutes late starting because of. We sat in the car till it, the downpour stopped. She's like, it's chip time. Who cares? I'm like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, you know, so, going into yeah. the, um, go, you can go ahead. My mindset, my mindset going in. So, like I said, I work with Jeremy probably three days a week. So going in and talking to him and I knew part of the course, I didn't know most of it. Um, but also the first almost 50 miles was mostly roads. And I run extremely well on roads. Um, they, there was a lot of elevation. They weren't flat roads and they were old, old dirt country roads. It was really pretty actually, uh, the country roads. And there was like this one place just sticks out. It was a three tiered cat ranch. Just, it was beautiful. And the, I guess they're not cattle. I don't know what you call them around here, cattle, cow, whatever they, but they were beef. They were definitely cat. Uh, and they, they were just all black and sitting up on these three tiers and you're going down this big hill. It was beautiful. And I mean, like I said, I run those roads so well. So I think that played into it, but just working with Jeremy and him saying, dude, you got this, you got this. And I told a few, my friend Summer, who who paced me also and she ran that 50 i told her i kept telling her i'm just gonna go out and w win this bitch watch me i'm gonna go out and win this bitch um my friend amanda who met me at the 100 mile turnaround and paced me she's who i ran ran with today um i told her i didn't go out I don't think a lot of people knew I was running. I didn't go out and tell a whole lot of people. I didn't post nothing on Facebook, things like that. But the few friends closest to me, I told them I was going to win the bitch. Exactly like that. I said, I'm going to go out and win this bitch. So I went in with that, not arrogant or cocky, just very, I was very confident. I was very confident in my training. It's not the hardest I ever trained but it is for sure the, the smartest I've ever trained for any race. And it wasn't the hardest race I ever ran. Really? I ran, I ran the smartest race. Yes, it was. It, physically, it was not hard. I, I can't explain it. And there's part of me still, I haven't, it's just like, yeah, I did it. Big deal. I, I don't mean to sound like that. I haven't had that like aha minute that you want a 200 mile race. I just haven't yet. Um, I don't know why I can't, that's part of what I can't figure out. And I've really been struggling mentally with my running. Um, I mean, 
I think, you know, I tried to run 23 miles for 23 straight days in September for veteran suicide awareness. And after nine days, I could not do it mentally. Um, I, I, it's weird. Um, summer, my friend summed it up pretty good. So I usually run my age on my birthday. I've done it in one way or another. It's either been miles or kilometers, depending on a race every year since I was 50. And we went out Wednesday on my birthday to run, simply run 5.8 miles. And I couldn't even do that. We just talked, we ran and she said, you're an addict, Bob, you're kind of addicted. You don't have to go out there and say, what if you're chasing a dragon right now or not, not what if what's next. And that's what my mind's been saying. What's next? What's next? You know, I've done, I've accomplished a lot in running a lot in life. I mean, I was, I mean, you know, last week I was in town for my baby sister's wedding. I'm the oldest of 12 children because of my shitty choices in life, this was the first time all 12 of us were together since 2013, which my father's 87 and my mom is 82. They finally got a picture again of all 12 of us together. So running aside, that's way more special, you know? And I forget to think about things like that. And it doesn't matter what's next, it'll come. I just have to start enjoying it again. And I think eventually I will understand, I don't want to say how amazing, just I guess how amazing it is to not just finish a 200, I was blessed to win one, you know. I'm struggling with that. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. So maybe yeah, I got to go out. Maybe I got to go out and run a 200 and get crushed. <laughs> maybe that helps swing things around. Yeah, it's really interesting yeah. that you – you were saying that where, you know, she was saying it's kind of like chasing the dragon, thinking about what's next. Cause I have a friend who he ran his first 200 mile race. Um, I want to say maybe a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And which one cowboy. Um, what's that? The, co the cowboy 200. Uh, it, he's, he's up in Canada. So he ran, oh, okay. I think it's called the sinister seven, I think, or something okay. like that. Uh, I might've gotten once confused. One. But yeah. Um, yeah, he just finished that 200 miler and he had made a post on Facebook that I found really interesting where he he was talking about being done with it and kind of reflecting on it and trying to figure out. He said he feels like he's in this valley between goals or he doesn't have anything on his calendar. He doesn't have something set up next. And he's coming off this huge event where, you know, he did this incredible thing. And there's like this weird feeling that comes in that valley where it's like I don't have something to drive right. for and i've i've been feeling that kind of myself too like i haven't done anything since eagle up really and i i haven't really planned anything next per se and and it's kind of like this weird feeling because i'm so used to driving towards something to having something that's pulling me forward you know very consistently and right. I've, I've felt like i'm kind of in this space where i'm trying to i don't know i guess understand how to enjoy life from a, like not from the perspective of chasing something because right i think it's almost like an addiction to the emotional state that comes with it where you have a race you're like i'm training for it i'm pushing for it and it just it creates this emotional state that feels good you know it it, it is almost absolutely 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was really interesting so to hear feeling, you say yeah. you're feeling that similar thing. Yeah, it's, um, you know, and uh, I mean, the rest of my life is going great. I mean, I got a girlfriend now, you know, it's tough. Not just dating in your late 50s. And regardless of what people think, dating with HIV is not easy. Oh, yeah. There's a stigma. There's a stigma. People are like, oh, but look how strong you are. Look how healthy you are. Yeah, well, try dating. Trust me, you know. And, I mean, she's selling her house in South Carolina and moving up to Canton, Ohio. For how all awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so there's so much good going on in life. And, and it's funny. So I didn't really have anything on the calendar either in Last Friday, a week ago, Friday, we were driving to Toledo for the wedding and Amanda texts me and she just coming off an injury. She was supposed to run with her, a very good friend of hers and they were both going to try and sub two their first marathon half, you know, at Akron. And she got injured and she's like, how would you feel like running beside a broken down runner and make it enjoyable? I'm like, what are you talking about? And she said, Akron half. I said, sure. And that's why I ran it. And, you know, seeing her, she wanted to finish in 230. And she, she and she's sub 24 to 100, her first 100 last year at Canal Corridor. Um, and at about the halfway point, she was in a dark space. It was crazy to see her because she was doing the math in her head and didn't think we'd finish in two thirty, And she was, you know, a little whiny. And I said, listen, I don't care what time you finish in. You're always going to be my friend. I said, finishing these races at one point, I thought made us badass, but it doesn't. These physical things don't fucking matter in life. It's the things that, that we do to get to those physical goals. The people we meet. I said, me and you out here running the race. That's what it's about. It's not about that two hours and 30 minutes. It's about enjoying the time in between, the moments in between the miles. And, you know, and maybe that's why I had to be out there to remind myself that also as I was reminding her. Because there was a time I just thought I was the most badass motherfucker in the world for finishing a 100-mile race. But that doesn't make us bad. It doesn't make us a badass. It really doesn't. I don't care what some of the people say, you know, that you got the Dave Goggins out there that say it does. It's the training and it's the friendships we make and the people we inspire or that inspire us or encourage or sometimes even the people that discourage us can be just as motivating because there there are those people out there as well. And it's interesting because I think we, like hearing you say that, you know, you went through a 200 mile race, didn't really hit a dark spot. And, you know, she's doing a half marathon. I hit a dark spot. And it, ma- it makes me think of how I think a lot of times we create our own dark spots in those races. I had, I had it during Eagle Up. Like my goal was to get 124 hours. And, you know, at, once I'm getting deeper and deeper into the race, I'm slowing <laughs> down a little bit. Started doing the math in my head. I was like, man, I don't think you that's talk happening. Yourself right out of it. And I hit yes. like a dark spot because I just. I, I place this expectation on the entire experience. And in reality, I was just running. I was just running. I was moving. But in my head, I created this whole story of why I'm <laughs> doing this, what I'm here for. And then I wasn't meeting my criteria, which made me feel worse in the moment. Well, yeah, there's nothing to feel worse about. 
almost inferior, right? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, well, if I'm not going to get hit 124 hours, why am I even doing this? You well, know? if it makes you feel any about that, I've ran Eagle up every year and have <laughs> not hit 100 yet. I don't know why. And I've sub twice, I've ran over 100 miles in three different 24 hour races now, and I'm sub 24. I don't know why I can't there. I mean, it, it was cooking hot that day. It was. I agree. Yeah, this past year it was. I think um, in most years it's probably pretty hot. I'm not sure like what, what other years. Like it usually is, but that's just an excuse too because we've you've ran 100 miles in, in steamy, humid weather too at Tuscazor. So humid, yeah, it was maybe not that. steamy, it was humid. Yeah, so for me, since I moved out to this area, I think the hardest part for me is I'm 20 minutes away from my bed. Yeah. <laughs> Serious. I mean, two years ago when I ran, that was the year I should have been able to hit a hundred, but I PR'd my 50 mile by over an hour. And that was a 42, 50 mile race. And I sat down for 40 minutes and I'm like, well, I'm still at nine and a half for her for a 50 miler. If I, that means I have 14 hours to go out and get 50 more miles to finally hit a hundred on this. And then I sat there for a little bit longer. I'm like, yeah, it's hot. My air conditioner and my king size bed. And I went home satisfied. I was satisfied though with my PR. So that's just a tough race for me. Cause you didn't hit a hundred this year. Did you? No, I hit. I got. Yeah. Oh, I watched at eighty six. I guess I'm probably an eighty five or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tough one to for what, and all the other ones, all the other uh, loop races, uh, fixed time races. I ran around one mile loops, and none of them were close to home. So I don't know if it's the one mile. Five miles is a long loop. Yeah, yeah, for sure it Not is. That yeah. One, and it is monotonous out there. Not that a one-mile loop isn't monotonous, but on a one-mile loop, <clears throat> you're around people the whole time. Yeah. And toward, yeah. when it gets dark out there at Eagle Up, you're alone a lot of times, unless you got pacers. Where even if you don't have pacers on the one-mile loops, there's always people out there. It's a one-mile loop. You see people. And I feel like the, oh. the one-mile gives you this really – it's really easy to wrap your mind around doing another loop when it's one mile. You're like, it's oh, it's one so mile. Easy. Oh, five yeah, makes five, a big maybe, difference. Yeah. yeah. It it does it makes a huge difference. Yes, I agree 100 percent And I think that's part of the problem at that race. I'll still run it every year. It's one of my I've made so many friends in what I think six years. It started in 2016. Was it and I was I was the overall male winner the first year. Uh, which which is for people that don't know that is an accomplishment because you know there's a lot of people doing different distances but there's a lot of people doing every distance like you know some people are obviously a lot of people aren't going the full 24 but there's a lot of people going for the full 24 so to, to rank high in that race is is quite difficult it, yeah it was but it was the first year there weren't the numbers that there are now mm -hmm. um you know and i hit 85 miles and the woman mary johnson who's a very good friend of mine now, she beat me by 25. She hit 105. So, but I was, I was still the overall, 
Yeah, she was. Yes. Yeah. And I don't think she's hit a race like that again. Um, you probably know her from some, she's comes in, she lives in Pennsylvania, but she runs every race brimstone race. I'm sure I've so, seen her at some yeah, point. Yeah. I'm sure you have too. Yeah. She's super. She runs Eagle up every year. Super nice woman. Um, a little bit younger than me, but yeah. Uh, yeah. She crushed me by 25 miles. And every time we see each other, I remind her or <laughs> if I don't remind her, she reminds me. Yeah, but never forget. I never was, forget that. But yeah. I, I was like on that day, I was still, you know, you look back, I was still the overall winner, which is really cool. It is cool to be able to, I've been blessed to win a number of races. A number. Do you think I, the, I ran, the 200 mile is like your most meaningful, um, meaningful win, or or is something else stick out to you? Yeah, it probably is. But it's not my most meaningful race. That My most meaningful will always be a, kind of a tie in 2016 when I ran with Aaron Hale, who's a blind and deaf veteran, to his still to this date PR at the Akron Marathon. We ran a 352 marathon, and that was like six months after he came out of a coma from um, meningitis. Wow. And he was just just learning how to hear with his uh, cochlear implant. And then in 2020, I was blessed to run a 100-mile race side-by-side side with him. He finished at Canal Corridor. Th those are two that will forever be, like, so cool. And he he finished Badwater this year, which is oh, amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he is, he is a, an amazing guy. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Those, I mean, I, there was, I mean, there was a race in Arizona that was really cool that I won because the, the two guys in second and third, their combined age was three years younger than me. So that was really cool. It was, it was a 35 K I think, but it was at night in the mountains. It was really cool. And I didn't know I won because it was no, it was a it was a four fifty it was a fifty k. It was fifty, forty, thirty, twenty, and ten k, and they all started fifteen minutes apart, and it was the same ten k loop. So I had no clue where I was because yeah. there were so You're many people out there. Yeah, and um, I actually you come up this hill to the finish line, and I was dead. I know I know I ran really well. And I'm just walking and my friends are like cheering me on and they're like, come on, you're almost there. You got to go. You got to go. He's right behind you. And this that young kid was flying, trying to catch me. He knew where he was, but I had no clue. And I walked across the finish line and I did. I looked at them on the, on the podium after, well, before they did the awards. And I'm just like, man, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to be a douche or a dick. I said, I had no idea I was in first place and I was beat. He goes, it's all good. So he made up like 30 seconds in me in the last quarter mile. It was hilarious, but I still won. So that one, I remember that one. That was pretty cool just because of the age difference. And we had a fun little busted balls, all three of us on the, on the stand too. It was really cool. So, I mean, there's some that stand out like that. Um, I mean, I walked across the finish line at the 200. 
how yeah, long? Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming. How how was your body feeling at the end? Like, were you running much? You know, like say the last. No, the last the last twenty six, I could not run. So oh, yeah. and That's and cool. I think the difference between me and all the other two hundred milers was, and it went. Jeremy, he didn't want me to do it. So you're allowed to leave the course from an aid station. You just left, you're supposed to leave your timing chip or sign out at that aid station. So um, my plan was to get a hotel room and I did. And um, Cindy was like, I mean, like I said, she'd never been around. She said, all your friends are saying you shouldn't, you won't get up. You won't get up. I said, screw them. I know what I'm doing. So I the true called, Bob Moore fashion. Exactly. You know me. <laughs> yes. So I called like, um, called her coming into 60 to the 68. I called her at like mile 65 and coming into the mile 68 aid station. I was pretty beat up. I was tired. I ran very hard. Um, and I said, I'm done for the night. I said, find a hotel. And all of a sudden I'm on speakerphone. I didn't know it. My friend summer was there and she says, the fuck if you're done, Stop being a bitch. I did not drive an hour and a half down here to not run this next 13 miles till mile 81. Suck it up, bitch. Click. They hung up on me. And I'm like, holy <laughs> fuck. <laughs> and it actually, it, it did actually energize me. It energized me. I got into that aid station and I said, don't even get in my face right now. I said, I know you want to run. I said, we will run. I said, let me. And and that was the first time I was tired, but I said, let me get something to eat. And I had made my own food mostly, and I had cold pierogies. I ate about four pierogies. I drank some of the Scratch Lab. Um, I didn't. I still at that point had not done any sugar or anything like that. And thinking I ate, I know I ate those pierogies, um, and I think just some fruit. And then filled up my bottles. And no, I actually, that is where I wore my vest too. I put my vest on with some extra food and stuff because I knew it was getting dark. We had to run with our headlamps. I hadn't ran. So I ran 81 miles with no, or I'm sorry, 68 with no headlamp. Um, I ran that and I forget what time. But I knew we were going to start moving slower for the next 13. And we weren't going to see there was... There was an aid station in between that 13, but I was not going to see uh, Cindy and the crew and the summer's boyfriend till that mile 81 aid station. So I did wear my pack there and I packed it with just some junk and some more pierogies in a Ziploc bag. And we went off from there, me and summer. And um, it was a run walk. I finished. I When we left the course at 81 miles, it was 18 hours. So I, oh, I was running a real good pace. Oh yeah. I was, I was still, there was only 200 milers ahead of me and, and they were just barely ahead of me. So, and that's when we went and got the room um, from the time we left to go do our 13 miles from mile 68 summer's boyfriend, Jake and Cindy knew they weren't going to see me for, I said a good three hours and it was closer to three and a half for that 13 miles, but it was in the trails and it was at night and there's a ton of elevation through there. Um, 
They went and got Chinese food before a Chinese restaurant closed, booked our room. So all we had to do was go there, put the key in, um, left the course, like I said, in 18 hours, slept for five hours in a king size bed with mm. a shower before I laid down Chinese food. And I wanted to be back to that aid station. I think the goal was to be back there by five. We got there about 530 because um, I didn't want to run with a headlamp. And, you know, that was in August. It was still semi-light. And so I took off without a headlamp. And I finished, um, I got to the turnaround. But when I woke up in the hotel room, I thought I made a mistake. I was very crampy. It was bad. My my hips, um, I did my activation stretches. I always do. I actually went down to the breakfast bar and had biscuits and gravy and Got dressed, still felt a little tight in the car till we got there. Um, had filled up my bottles, got everything, and I took off and I was running nine thirties on the roads. What from did there what out. did you feel like? Like what was what was going through your mind when you woke up in the motel room? Like was it were you feeling like, okay, let's get back out there, or did you have like Oh yeah, pull, no, like... no, I, no, I was well, at first I was like, Oh man, this was a mistake. But then I just started moving. I'm like, I got to get out there because I knew. So the girl in second place is we were really good friends. We're, I'd say, acquaintances now, which maybe someday we'll get over. But I knew she had probably passed me. So that, that was irritating me. So I wanted to get back out there. And I finished finished the 100 in 30, just under 36 hours. And I was with five hours sleeping and it was about 40 minutes each way to the hotel room. So yeah, I was off for, I was off course for about seven hours and finished in 36, just under 36, the hundred. And I had passed them. They had made the turnaround and it's an out, it was an out and back. So I passed them. I was about, at mile 97 so that would put her at about 103 you know oh wow so really not far behind i mean in a 200 mile no no i caught her that yeah i caught her that night yeah we both stopped at the same aid station and then from there out i just i'm curious we went back to the motel room were you like showering everything like that oh yeah i showered yeah no i showered well i got in i was stinking dude i was i was stinking (laughs) for sure yeah so i ate I, I told Cindy, I'm like, I'm going to eat some of this first. And I'm just shoveling this. Uh, what I get? Chicken and broccoli and rice. I'm just shoveling it in. And I said, I want to eat part of that. Get in the shower. Then I got in the shower. And I mean, I scrubbed. I didn't just rinse off. Oh, yeah. I got all the filth off Man. me. Finished some more of that. And then laid in that bed. And I, I was wrestling. I had the restless legs like you do for about 45 minutes. And then. I was good. I didn't till my alarm went off. I tell you, I so it's like once. It, that was a risky strategy for sure because you know I'm sure it'd be easy to want to want to just stay there and quit. But I tell yes. you, the 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 type of like refreshingness of being freshly showered. Oh is, man, it's amazing. Yeah, you can't no, understate no. that. No, and then, so then when I got to mile. When you get to when you come out of the woods at mile 100, you see the finish line right there. But you got to go around this huge 
huge parking lot, all these cones, like about a half a mile. And But you come out of the woods and it's right here. And I see Amanda, my pacer, and Cindy, and they're screaming and yelling. So I almost cut the course. I did cut the course for a second. I didn't see the cones going that way. And Jeremy's there, and he gets on the loudspeaker. You got to go around the parking lot. <laughs> like, ah, fuck. So, so I there was two other guys, uh, Bob Smoltz and Greg Verbeck, who were running the 200 also that I caught. Then there were about four in front of me with me leaving the course, and I just picked them each off. And so I caught them, and I'm like, and I was running really well, but I just did. They're both friends of mine, so I didn't. Like wanna, I walked with them till this till the start finish line because at that point it it doesn't matter, you know. Oh yeah. I still had a hundred miles. We both, all three of us, had a hundred miles to go, and, and I, I looked at him. I said, "Ah, fuck, Amanda's there. She's gonna be in my face. Want to get going?" I said, "I just ran that. I ran that twenty miles from or nineteen from eighty one. I ran that in like four and a half hours." And it was all trails, all single track, uh, a little bit of road. So I was beat. And I was like, she's going to be in my face and want to go. And I did the same thing I said, did the summer. I said, stay out of my face. I need to chill for a minute. And uh, I just sat down for a minute to take it all in. It's overwhelming, kind of. You're like, I just finished 100. I got 100 more. Yeah, that's what um, I was curious about. It, like, what? like you know 100 your your body is hurting you know you, you have I felt, you know, I everything just going amazing. on amazing yeah um part of me was just like well shit i know the course now this is going to be a breeze i i literally felt that way um i think i've i've ate solid food most of that second day mostly those pierogies those things and not warmed up boiled and cooked and then i had them in a ziploc bag they were amazing. I mean, I had no belly issues whatsoever on this race. And I almost really always impressive. do. Yeah, I almost always do. But I also didn't eat sugar like I usually do. No gummies, no none of the garbage that I usually do for yeah. that. So quick, is it is some of energy that like you have stomach issues? Because I have stomach issues, like especially if I'm hitting once I get close to the 50K mark and above. I seem to start developing some stomach issues and especially what are you eating like, though. Um, I'm for t like Tuscazor, I was mostly doing, uh, I was mostly doing potatoes. I was doing trail mix, you know, that had some like, um, uh, like M&Ms in it and stuff. I yeah. definitely had some sugar. I, yeah, I think, I I think less the than sugar, I think yeah. the sugar gives us the heartburn and that, and that belly issue. And, if you're like Gatorade, for example, if you drink that straight up and it feels like it's sloshing in your belly, it's because it's got too much sugar in it and you can't absorb the nutrients. Yeah, I was thinking I'm going to have to really maybe next race I do, I think I'm going to have to test out like maybe like almost no sugar and just see because the stomach issues is what really messed me up at Eagle Up. And my sugar intake was higher than it normally was. I ate some foods yeah. that I probably shouldn't have. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even drink any. I didn't even drink any Coca Cola till probably mile one fifty, and just a little bit of it. 
Um, I drank a lot of iced coffee too that second day. <clears throat> um, yeah. And, and when we left, like I said, that mindset, when we left the hundred, it was like, man, I know the course, this is going to be a breeze. I know what I'm up against now. And just having Amanda there, who I'm, so I'm sitting there trying to relax and chill and she's up and down and ready to go. Right. And she says, well, I got, I got something for you first. And she turns on a song on the radio and she actually sang living on a prayer serenaded me to it. Bon Jovi, especially she just emphasized, Oh, we're all, you're halfway there. <laughs> I don't even think about that. It's so well. Oh yeah. Yeah, it it was the perfect, and I'm just, she had me giggling and laughing so much, it was just time to go again, and we went out, and we ran that next section really well on the open roads where we had no protection, we had a major downpour, it was just pouring, it was so freaking miserable, but she made it, she did what a pacer, she took my mind off of it, so I didn't go into a dark place, and we we started singing together, singing in the rain, the old, I don't know, like 40 song, you know, and we got through it. And when we got to that next aid station, which was like, what, 119 miles, I guess it was 121, whatever. I'm like, the next is 13 miles from here till I meet summer or no, no, 13 miles till I was going to crash for the night. I think took me to like 164 I think whatever that was the plan I was going to stop at 164 for the night and um she's like dude you killed me I can't do the next 13 with you you're running way too fast for me <laughs> so and she was honest and I thanked her for that and I was leaving her um on, on a couple of the trails I was just running I, I had like a kindred spirit with me. It was amazing. Um, and so she left me, I ran to there to the second night and that's when I caught Heather was, she had already finished that section and she slept at that aid station as well. And took, it was at, um, I guess it's Tappan Lake beachfront or beach house. So they had showers there. Once again, I took a shower change clothes, um, stretch my toes, got them out, you know, everything. Tried to sleep in Cindy's car. Um, she got a nice car, big reclining seats, but my legs were cramping because I couldn't lay them out straight. And I'm, I was getting a little nervous. So then I tried to lay across the back seat and still I couldn't stretch out. And she's like, are you going to be okay? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I said, you know what? Fuck it. I said, throw that fucking comforter on the grass out there, cover me up and spray me with off. <laughs> and, and that's what I did. The grass was wet. I was, I felt that. So it was just dewy wet. You know, it was about 11 at night. Um, thankfully I didn't hear a mosquito all night. I didn't get bit up. My legs were restless. Once again, it wasn't great sleep sleeping on the ground, but it was what I needed. And then uh, I saw them take off and Cindy's like, you got to go. They left, they left, they're in front of you. I'm like, what time is it? And it was like 
5.15, and I said, you know what? I'm going to wait about half an hour, maybe even 45 minutes. I don't feel like putting a headlamp on my on my noggin. So I waited till it got light enough till, till I left, and the rest was all the way down. Then I passed them, and actually they made a wrong turn. I never physically passed them. And then as I just kept running that day, that that would have been Monday morning, um, I was running in the tens. I mean, on the flats, I was on the flats. I was getting down to like nine forties again. I just, I, I couldn't wild. believe it was, it would just, yeah, it was just amazing. Um, why, why it, do you think that is like, what, why do you I think, think it you was the back to back to backs? I think it was those back to back to back runs. And I also incorporated in those runs, a lot of 0. 0.9, 0.1 run walks. I'd run for 0.9, walk for 0.1, and then 0. 0.9, 0. 0.1, which would make it a different 0. 0.1 every time, you know, or, or I'd go 0. 0.9 and then do 0. 0.2, which would be the last mile and the first mile, the next mile in my training. And I think that stopping and going in those in those back-to-back-to-backs helped that a lot. I, I really do. Um, and then from there, it would just – run until that we got to Atwood Lake. Um, and from there it was 26 miles to the finish line of roads and summer was there. And she, I looked at her and I sat down, I came in kind of run into that aid station, but I was beat and the hips hurt, the quads hurt. Every time I tried to run, they, they actually physically hurt. I could not run. I had stamina still, I just couldn't physically run. Um, and I also knew at that point, the two leaders uh, or the two people behind me were about six hours at that point. And come to find out, uh, Josh, Jeremy's other partner, he came up to me. They were wrong. There were two aid stations behind me. And at that point, they were about eight hours behind me when they thought they were six. So at that point, I just knew all I had to do was keep moving. And, and at that point, I knew I was going to win. I knew at that, that that's when I finally, I the rest of it, I still thought I could win. But at that point, I just looked at Summer and I'm like, we're winning this bitch. Let's go. So that would have been a cool fun, feeling to have that much was. left in the race. And you're able to just fully enjoy the experience. Relax. Relax. And I think that might have been why. I couldn't physically run either. I knew I didn't have to. Mm -hmm. So if they were closer, I probably could have done it. But um, they were just yeah, like if a, if a bear was chasing you, you'd have been able to. Yes. Run. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we did run. So at that point, it was roads mostly. And we actually did a mile. The the mile, So I ended up with 212 miles. Um, her and I did do a mile out back the wrong way and at that point i thought that they were closer the two behind me and i just looked at her i'm like man we really fucked up there because i was walking and it was up a big hill though going up we got to come down out back i'm like they just made up not just two miles but they made up doggone an hour on us because it was 30 out and back i was not moving Especially up that hill, not that good. Oh yeah, and coming and, down, man, that's and, that's a rough one on the quads when that deep yes. into it. Yeah, and it was, 
it was like at that point too, that's when I still thought they were only like four hours behind. And a little bit after that's when Josh came up and said, Oh, we were wrong. They're at the aid station behind that one. So, so yeah, I'm good now. So summer also put my two pacers out in the middle of nowhere, another wicked downpour. I mean, Wes, it was like just wicked, wicked, nowhere to go in the middle of these country farm roads, not even trees to go underneath, no thunder or lightning, just downpour. And she did the same thing Amanda did, just kept me moving, laughing. We've been worse through worse than this. Don't forget, you ate out of dumpsters, Bob. You can do anything. And <laughs> she'd remind me sit like that. And then <laughs> and then when it stopped raining, we were good. I mean, it was still summer and the road was warm. So as soon as it stopped raining, the humidity came right back up and mm-hmm. you were warm. So it wasn't terrible. It was it was miserable, but not like I said, not darkness, mind miserable at all. Yeah. It was just, it could have been worse if I didn't have a pacer with me or if I didn't have the right, if I would have had a whiny pacer with me, mm-hmm. probably would have been worse. And as soon as that last th- storm stopped, summer's like, how about a picnic? I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? Picnic out in the middle of nowhere. And she reaches into my, pa- I had my pack on then too, because those were the only two times when I was summer that I wore my pack. I knew 26 miles was going to be slow. So I had some stuff in there. She reaches into my pack and pulls out a fucking meatball sub from Subway that I had no clue she put in there. She said, this is the picnic I'm talking about, bitch. And we're walking down the road eating a meatball sub. <laughs> and she said, I had to sneak it in your pack. She said, because I can't be your mule. Don't want to break any rules. So it was funny. Yeah. And then the rest yeah. of it was just just slow moving. Slow. I mean, I don't know. You look at my Coros or my Strava, I was anywhere from 16 to 28 minutes that last, those last 26 miles. Yeah. It I mean, was, that's still, honestly, at that point, I mean, that's still, that's still I was like, moving, yeah. Yeah, you're still going pretty good at that. At well, that then – then the last 10 miles, you get to Tuscazor and you run from Tuscazor down through a little bit. I think it's part of the Nomi's course, actually, till you get on that lower towpath. And then you take that into Fort Lauren and it's all flat from there. Um, but it's 10 miles and going in, summer got me there. I was exhausted and my plan was I knew how far they were behind me. I was going to sleep in Cindy's car for a minute. Uh probably an hour and take off. But my buddy, Phil, who he's a jarhead and him and his wife had just got back from doing the, what do you call it? The Pacific crest. They went from the Mexican border to the Canadian border for their honeymoon. And they literally got in town 36 hours before I saw them. They were there and they said, we're here to take you home. And I'm like, well, that's all fine and dandy. I said, I got to sleep. I, I need to rest. All right. They didn't pressure me or anything. Uh, Josh had a burger cooked. He had his Blackstone in the back of his truck. That was for the aid station. He had a burger. I didn't want any bun. I didn't want the, the bun. I just wanted protein. I ate that. Um, I drank an iced coffee. 
And he said, I got another burger. I said, yeah, give me that. And I looked at Cindy and I knew she was exhausted. I said, you know what? Fuck that. If I, if I sleep for an hour, that's an hour less till we get home. I said, I know these two will keep me moving. And I went with Phil and his wife and we, we power hiked it to the finish line. And they told, they told me all about the, the hiking out there and everything they saw and how beautiful it is. Really cool. It was really cool that they were there. Just everything they saw out west, you know. So when they needed money, they washed dishes and in towns along the trail, Pacific Crest Trail. I mean, they're they're living like the hippie life. He's he's one of my heroes. He, I I think you may know Phil and Megan from Tuscasore too. Maybe maybe Phil Killebrow. But yeah, they they're just awesome people and. They were there for me and, you know, he's, he, he still is telling me, you know, as we're going in, do you know how badass this is? You know how incredible he said, dude, you had cancer in February. He said, do you remember talking to me and you were whining because you were pissing your diaper and your labor and your lazy boy? I'm like, yeah, dude, thanks. <laughs> and it was, I mean, you know, it is, I'm a blessed man for sure. You know, I was, I mean, in March, I'm sitting in my lazy boy with the diaper on pissing myself, you know, and yeah, March, it was I, that April, I, May, June, July. Oh yes. Yeah, six months or so less than six, a little bit less than yeah. six months later. Yeah. How did it feel? Yeah. How did it feel? Like when you saw the finish line, what are, are you feeling relief? Are you excited? Or is it just like, okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there was no emotion there, Wes. It was just yeah. like. Yeah, there's like I an just, emotional dead zone at a certain point. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, I crossed, I sat in a chair and they're like, what can we get you? You can have anything you want. You want a ribeye? I said, I want Cindy to take me fucking home so I can shower and <laughs> go to fucking bed. That's it. And that that was literally it. I didn't, you know, I I finished in, I think, 72 hours and 20 minutes. You know, it's not by far one of the fastest 200 mile races ever or anything like that but i was blessed to be the fastest on the course for those three days yeah it's and so it interesting fun. that like you know because i've experienced that most of the times i cross the finish line where you just don't really feel anything and it's kind of a cool no. area to be in where it's just like you're you're almost like so hyper just existing like in the yes. moment that it's yeah. just like i'm not excited because i'm not thinking about what it took to get here I'm not thinking about anything. It's just what you're doing right now is just what you're doing. It's really interesting. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Just, I mean, and like I said, still, it just has not been like, you know, dude, you, you won a 200 mile race. You know, not many people do that. Not many people finish a 200 mile race, you know? So, oh yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm humble about it. I'm very, you know, I don't take it for granted. Yeah, I think I do take it for granted. Like going in, I told you I knew I was going to do it. So I don't know if that's good or bad or, you know, how I can eventually, I guess someday it'll be like, you know, maybe when I can't run anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't, remember yeah, you did that. Always, it's almost like, I don't know. It's almost like, uh, I feel like almost like a rubber band thing where it's like it takes a while for your, 
I don't know, your, your brain or, or your soul to fully like bring all those experiences in and process them and, and appreciate them, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, I mean, and, and I did run it for, as a fundraiser for wishes can happen. So we were able to raise almost $2,000 for wishes for kids that have severe illnesses. That was cool. That part's always cool to be able to do that with this yeah. gift of running. Yeah. And, you know, I think also part of it could just be, you know, 200 miles is so incredibly taxing on your body, no matter who you are. It's, it takes, I mean, it does take a lot, even if you feel good, it takes a lot out of you. And it I does. also think part of it could just be that like your body, even if you feel good right now, I mean, that is a tremendous amount of effort. I think part of it could just maybe be your body is still just kind of catching up and, getting back to a baseline you know because i i found that especially after really hard efforts it it, it it's not that it does it takes enjoyment out of things but i won't have as strong of an emotional reaction to things for a while until i feel like i've fully recovered so i don't know if maybe maybe right. some of it is that just might be it yeah your body getting back to it i mean my running parts feel great but my stamina is definitely not there it just isn't yeah. I mean, and then I jumped right down. I mean, I ran 23 miles, nine straight days, less than a month after I finished that race. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I, and, I mean a, a tough 50K the end of August. And then I stopped at the 50-mile mark of Tuscazor also in first place. <laughs> and yeah. it was another one of those mostly doing the math in my head so i ran the first 25 in 440 i think it was just under five hours somewhere between 440 to 448 or something something like that the first 25 mile loop i did and then the second was 10 hours and 20 minutes so right there i'm doing the math already which i shouldn't have i'm like well shit that second loop was six hours that means the third's going to be eight, and that fourth is going to be ten. I don't feel like being out here eighteen more hours. Mm -hmm. And my body was—I was exhausted. I really was. Um, oh yeah, my running I mean, parts, as you like I said, were be, good. You know, <laughs> my stamina was just—I was exhausted. Um, which it ended up being a good thing. We went home. I showered. I was back down there about seven the next morning to work at an aid station till the race ended. A friend of mine asked me how I'm feeling. She doesn't think she can finish. Can I, do you have nine miles in you? I said, yep. So I, I was able to help run with a friend, walk, whatever, you know, pace a friend her last nine miles and she finished, she finished her hundred miles. So that was really cool too. And for whatever reason, I almost only wore my slides and I did, I did have running shoes on and basketball shorts. I look hey, like a rookie runner pacing. Courtney, Courtney Dalter way, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was funny, but yeah. So that, so it, it turned out the right way it was supposed to for sure. Yeah. But, and honestly, I think in like maybe, maybe a few months, um, if your body, like one, your body might catch up a little bit. I, I, I would guess that maybe in a few months, once, you know, your everything kind of comes back online completely. I, I, I feel like, yeah, like maybe, maybe the experience will feel more, I don't know. Just, I think, it, I think it'll just have like a 
a deeper meaning maybe because i i totally get that yeah. where you finish and it's kind of like okay you know and it, it, it's just yeah i think once your body feels better it kind of brings all those systems back online yeah yeah it was it's, it was fun don't get me wrong i mean it was a blast 100 percent. so cool and and yeah i was i think also what summer said looking what's next what's next in my life but there's a lot of what's next and they don't involve physical things you know just living in a moment right now yeah i guess yeah because normally i would ask you like oh what race do you have planned next so i guess like a more appropriate question would be like what do you um, i do have a couple to do to relax and enjoy (laughs) what you have you know i have i do have a couple races coming up running with friends yeah and i'm just gonna have fun with them right now we do have summer wants to pr a marathon on the 29th it's called the haunted forest marathon it's basically on the eagle up loop it's on the towpath down there it's a 13 mile out and back she wants to run that in 415 so i mean that's going to be fun running that with her and um there's another oh i'm running with a fiance's boyfriend a very good friend of mine her uh, fiance is running his first half marathon in Columbus in like what a month from now, and I'm running that with him. He asked me to run that with him, and other than that, I don't know, nothing right now. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Just, uh... But and I think that's what I'm gonna do. If people ask me to run with them, I'll run with them. I signed up for a 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift next weekend at Canal Corridor to volunteer. Oh yeah, oh yeah, so, I forgot that's happening. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm looking forward to doing that because I've ran that race 19, 20, 21, 22, four years in a row. I ran it in 2018 also. No, four years in a row I've ran that race. So it's time to get back to it. And I know it's it's like a home course for a lot of us down here, and I know a lot of people out there, and I know a lot of people at the aid stations. So it'll be fun, too. And I'll I'll have clothes with me if somebody needs a pacer. I'll be I'll be more than ready. I mean, if somebody asked me to pace the last fifty miles of a race, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm good. I mean, I, I know I am because that's a different that's a commitment and that's like a um with a purpose, running with a purpose. You're not running for yourself or a goal, you're helping someone else. And it's always easier, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 You're not you're not self-motivated or self-driven. You're there to support your friend. Or could be somebody you don't even know. That's happened. I ran fifty miles Burning River four years ago, just uh put my name out there on the on the page and met a woman from Venezuela. Uh yeah, Venezuela. Yeah, from Venezuela. And we're friends now. I ran her last 50 with her. She taught me how to swear in Spanish and a lot of stuff. Oh, the a lot of, lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And she's a friend. I mean, she asked me for advice. I asked her for advice. She went through some stuff in her life. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. yeah. I haven't done that for a long time. I don't know why it just reminded me myself of that. But, yeah, you can always go on any of the race web pages sites and say hey i'm available to pace you know, yeah meet some meet cool people person. Race, yeah 
meet meet a random person that ends up becoming a lifelong friend. Yeah, you run yeah. the last fifty miles of a hundred mile race with somebody, you get, get to, to know, know them. Yes, yeah, yep. Yeah, that's like a that's like a yeah. super deep, close, like emotional experience. Yeah, it's a bond. Yeah, it's like running into a jackass with the Mohican shirt on and Dick's Sporting Goods, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some weirdo <laughs> sporting that before you know it, you know. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I told Amanda that's uh, I'm like. Yeah, we met at Dick's right after Mohican in, in 2019. Yeah. And wasn't it 2019? Yeah, uh, yeah it was pre-COVID, actually, wasn't it? I think it would have been earlier than that. Let me think. I was 24 when I ran the Mohican Marathon. We probably met maybe a year or maybe it was two years later. Uh, it might have been 2000. I think it was like 2000, 2018 maybe. Okay. Yeah, that uh, maybe my, my timeline is not great on that, but yeah. I think. Yeah. Something like that. No, it was pre-COVID. It was pre-COVID for sure. Yeah, for sure. Pre-COVID. Listen to me. I said I would never say that. Damn. Pre when <laughs> our pre when our governments tried to steal all our freedoms. How about that? And everything else. Yeah. I tell and you everything it's funny else, too. Because right? I I don't know. You know, I you know, it it has been it has been great knowing you. And I I do not consider it I do not consider it luck that we met. You know what I mean? Oh, I feel like absolutely feel like not. It was destiny. That was, that was something yeah. that was supposed it's to funny. happen. It's funny. Yeah, I love seeing it because I see. I'm like, holy shit, we we have no friends in common. Four years ago on social media, and there's like 30 of them now that you know we each know from the races, and a lot of them are people that I've known a long time. And I'm like, that's really cool. Wes has yeah. been able to connect with friends of mine and ultra friends, and yeah. It's it's yeah, a, it's, it's a it, awesome. and really if it wasn't for you, I would not have ran the one hundred mile of that year at Tuscan Zor. It was hundred percent you putting that into my brain to do it. <laughs> and 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 Tuscazor doing the one hundred that year was such um uh, such a huge moment for me, like such like a transformational experience that I awesome. wouldn't have had if it wasn't for you. So I, I don't know if I ever well, voiced it, you. but I truly am grateful to you for being that person in my life. Like you have well, had a legitimate like, yeah. inspirational and, and positive effect on my life. Very much yeah, so. Look, you have on mind. And then how many of the, like I said, people that you've met through running with your podcast yeah. and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's, cool. been, it's yeah, an it's awesome been community. Yeah. yeah. It, it is the best like, community that you can find anywhere for yeah. sure. I mean, you know, my recovery community, my, um, my men's group, in 12-step recovery is important to me for sure there's no doubt i don't want to compare the two but they're equally important there's no doubt and there's a couple of uh the older gentlemen in the in and by older i mean they've been in recovery a lot longer than me not not necessarily physically older are are starting to understand that you know they've met me and sent friend requests and see my social media and they they understand how important the running is to my life and i look at some of them and they go to three four five twelve step meetings a week and i used to be like man that sucks that they got to go to that many but that's their running you know mm-hmm. and that's their thing and when i listen to them they're like the reason i keep coming is to see somebody that first comes into recovery with 
that dead look in their eyes and 30 days later, see them this 90 days later. And then three years later, I see them living a happy life. That's mm -hmm. why they go to the meetings. I go to the meetings, to keep myself sober. And I go to one meeting a week religiously once in a while I mix another, but they said to me after they saw my social media, we get you running now because some, some people in traditional recovery are like, no, you can't have, you know, that can't be as important as your recovery. And, you know, you know, me, Hey, fuck you. I'm going to yeah. do what I have to do for me. And they see it. And that makes me feel good when they see that, you know, that they do see. And for me, it's also life out of recovery too. You know, oh, yeah. it's, it's a huge, yeah. Like, and I, I've tell people, you know, you normal people don't run hundred mile races. There's, <laughs> There's some kind of there's some kind of trauma. Um, most of the time there is. I'm not going to say always, but there's some kind of trauma or something that people went through in life that run and finish hundred mile races. You know, we're all in recovery from something. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've met people drug addiction. Drug you know, yeah, like a, like a five k, you kind of just run for whatever for fun. But right. the the barrier to entry for one hundred and to finish a one hundred is so high. You know, there, there there has to be some type of motor behind getting through that experience. And, yeah, and I'm sure I believe so lot, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've met a lot of people from across the country, and almost all of them have some kind of story. You know, oh, yeah, that's always the son, most that... interesting thing to me when I meet someone who's like done a hundred miler. I'm like, tell me why. There's something. Yeah, it's not just right. oh, I thought it was cool, so I just did it. There's something right. in there. Something that drives you. Yeah, I remember running with a a friend that is California recovery. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he smokes weed, but whatever. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't judge at hey, all. If, if you're not, you know, if you're not if sticking a needle, good. yeah. If you're not sticking a needle in your arm and you're smoking a joint every now and then, God bless you. You know, yeah. you're not sticking a needle in your arm. But anyways, we were running, and we were doing a long run. It wasn't a race. I don't know, twenty twenty five mile run. He says, dude. You know that point where you can't go anymore and, you know, there's nothing better for me than hitting my dugout, my one hitter. What do, you, what, what, what do you do? I'm like, dude, when I get to that point and I don't know if I can go anymore, I know I'm never going to rifle through a dumpster and eat a fucking rotten potato again. And he's like, whoa, dude, that's really deep. I said, yeah, that would put a fire under your ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's the truth. And, you know, I'll never do that again. I know I won't. You know? Yeah. And well, and now that's, too, that's, that's like part that, of like, that's like when, too. when like you have such a huge community of people around you that like, and you're such a intertwined into all of it of being an, an inspiration to others and having all these other people. It's like, I don't know, it's just, a, you know, an environment now that is like you want to be a part of and it completely changes how you think about things. Yeah, it does. And thank you. Thank you for those kind words. Um, you know, like in November last year, when I had that cancer diagnosis, I look back and I understand why I had the HIV diagnosis, because I want to kill myself when I had the HIV. When I got the cancer diagnosis, I knew, I actually knew about six hours before we saw the doctor because of uh, whatever it's called, my labs or the, what the hell is it called? Um comes from Cleveland Clinic, but it's my charts, 
my charge. Oh, yeah. So I already knew I was reading the shit and it's like, yeah, you got cancer. I'm like, fuck, fuck, that sucks. You know, fuck, I got cancer. So when we're riding to the hospital or to the doctor's office, I told my friend, I go, eh, I got fucking cancer. And she's like, why do you always got to be so negative? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I, I looked at my charts. I have fucking cancer. And she's like, you do? I'm like, yeah, but who cares? I said, we're going to see the doc. He's going to tell me. And I said, you know, and when we got up to the doctor, he tells me, I'm like, yeah, I know. I said, I saw it on my charts. He goes, damn those things. They can be good or bad. And he said, well, here's what we're going to do. And I'm like, it's prostate cancer. It's cancer light. And he said, Robert, you have cancer. There's no laughing matter about it. I said, well, you know what? I got to look at me. The last six to eight months, I've been a whiny bitch about not having a person in my life, living alone, blah, 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 right? And I, I looked at him and my friend in the office, and I said, you know, God's just sending me down and saying, you got this very treatable cancer. Stop being a bitch. And and when I put that thought in my mind, it's just like, whatever. We'll get through this. And it sucked. It was, it was you know. There were tears at night when I was alone, you know, tears at night when I was pissing myself. Yeah, oh, yeah. Tears at night trying to sleep with a fucking catheter. Trust me. Oh. You know? Yeah. And, you know, but I did 18 days later after the surgery, I was running. They told me I wouldn't be running for at least 90 days. But I did. I did it with their approval, too. I mean, they knew how good a shape I was in. And I'm not like most people that have prostate surgery. I'm not right. older, like, you know, um, and a couple of things like, had this been 15, 18 years ago, they wouldn't have done surgery on me with HIV because I would have been at life expectancy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that came from the doctors, you know, you're like, holy fuck. The, the miracles that happened, you know, I've had HIV be 13 years in March, you know? And if that would have been, like they said, 15 to 18 years ago, they wouldn't have, they would have just, they would have just let me live with the cancer, which it's not a fast spreading cancer anyways, prostate isn't, but they wouldn't have done the surgery. They wouldn't have paid for it. Insurance went up. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so all the pieces that line up in my life, I'm very grateful for everything I have. Yeah. It can be, or get asked. Yeah. That's just another stat on the resume, you know, cancer <laughs> beat that came back, did even crazier <laughs> shit. It, yeah. It's a never ending list. You got <laughs> it's yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. It's funny that I'm doing a podcast with you. Cause a friend of mine asked me to speak tomorrow night at a 12 step recovery meeting. So, you know, so I'm doing that as well. So I, it's, it's humbling to be able to do these things and, have maybe at least people listen to me. I don't know if they believe me sometimes, but that's <laughs> <laughs> up to them. They could, you know, don't matter. Yeah, you know? exactly. It doesn't anymore. It really doesn't. So what's next on your agenda? Oh man. I mean, for now, I, I don't know if I see myself really doing many races this year. I'm not sure if I'll do any, I'm, I want to get in really, really good training um, this winter. And I would, I, I want to, I, I really want uh, another 100 miler. I want, 
I'll, I, would, I want to make an attempt early next year. I'll have to see okay. what what's on the race docket, but I want to make an attempt early next year and get at least one in because I, and I, I guess it's kind of a side note. I'm, I am changing jobs. I'm actually just about to transition into a new job that will give me way more time to, to run and train. So I'm hoping to really get in some really good training over the next few months and tackle on 100. And I want to see how everything plays out, but I, I have the hopes of, I've, I've set a goal for myself that like in the next five years, I want to go for a 200 mile race. So I'm, I'm hoping to get a f- several hundred milers underneath my belt and really get solid on it, figure out my nutrition so that my stomach's right. not fucked up all the time. Yeah. I'll and, send you yeah. that link for the, the scratch lab stuff. It's a yes, little pricey. I, I mean, it's a little pricey, but uh, the way I kept buying it anyways, because how I, I got to justify the price if I can run yeah. and not be sick. You know, yeah. I, it's the first thing I found and I've been using it since end of May, beginning of June and still not one stomach issue. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm really down to, I've never, uh, done a lot of experimentation with consuming a lot of liquid calories so it sounds as something because i talked to i did a podcast with heath gosh gosh oh yeah they yeah. were him and he was talking about he used strictly liquid calories all yeah. eagle up and he switched to that so it's something yeah. I've been i mean so does arlen so does arlen yeah yeah i mean the elites do not that we're elites but it can't hurt to try them yeah 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 keith Heath ran with me on, um, I think, day five or six of when I was doing that 23 miles. So he's a he's amazing young kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he yeah, yeah, he's going to be fucking some yeah. shit up. He is. Yes. Yep. Yep. And he dropped at uh, – he was in first place at Tuscazor. But he dropped at mile 40. That's how I ended up in first place <laughs> when I dropped at 50. Yeah, he just was not feeling it that day, and you know, and I get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. We all get it. Yeah, yeah. So my my the one goal that I do have is the BQ. I want to run Boston finally, and like my two friends, Amanda and Summer, um, they're like my two best running buds. Amanda is at a three thirty five for Boston, and Summer's at a three thirty. And at my age, I'm at 335. So we're all going to train together and and run together. So, yeah. Yeah, that's our goal together next year is to find – to BQ and then go there in 2025. Yeah, add more to the resume, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just – Just cool stuff. I didn't ever want to do it. Yeah, I didn't ever want to do it at one time. But, I mean, it's Boston, you know? Yeah. It it is. It's expensive, but – it's a memory, you know, yeah. especially Can't if I can go with two. Exactly. Especially if I can go t- with two people that I'm training and running with, you know, that believe in my coaching and, you know, and they make me look good because they're pretty hot, <laughs> both of them. <laughs> and Cindy, Cindy, my girlfriend knows, knows them both and she's fine with it too. That's the cool thing. And because I mean, it's just fun to have friends that there's no sexual tension. You just have a blast running with. Yeah. yeah. I'll call you out on your bullshit or you can, when you're going through shit, you got somebody, you know, I grew yeah, up with those friends sisters. are the most valuable thing you can have in yeah. life. 
I grew up with nine sisters, and my mom said, tells me that's why I'm able to run with some of these girls or women, whatever, because I, I grew up knowing to listen to women, believe it or not. Even, <laughs> though, I had lot, I, <laughs> yeah. even though I had a lot of shitty relationships, mostly because of my addiction, I do listen, and I see women differently, I think, because growing up with nine sisters. Yeah. So, Yeah. All right, you know, I I think that wraps this up pretty much. All right, and, cool, dude. I mean, you're you're an amazing person, and I appreciate. Well, thank the you, Wes. You. Yeah. yeah. Well, now you got my phone number too, so come up here for a training run. Yeah, yeah, I've been meaning to. Yeah, I'm just sure, a fun run. Be. Just a fun run. We're not training. Just a fun run. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I said, with my with the new job I have too, I have like way, 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 way more time that we have, and so I should be able to, I should be able to get down uh, and have some fun runs and stuff. And there will be a 24-hour treadmill fundraiser coming up before before the end of the year or right after the first of the year like I do every year. I haven't picked a charity yet, but there there will be one like yeah, I do every year. have to get down there. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be looking out for that then because I, I would love to come down and run a few miles with you. Cool. Yeah, it's fun. It is fun. It tears me up. But, <laughs> I mean, the last one we did, I mean – when uh idiot like me can go on a treadmill for 24 hours with people and we've raised ten thousand five hundred dollars together i mean for children for children with life-changing illnesses that's how can you not exactly it's amazing that you know um it's that part is humbling too because it goes on facebook and a lot of people that knew me from my hometown knew me through like i mean my flat out thievery days you know i got 38 incarcerations and stole people's identity did a lot of shitty things to be able to go on facebook and have those people from my home community donate money to them ask money and they'll donate that's very humbling that's huge yeah Yeah, that part is that's why i like doing that stuff it's very cool it's it's a 360 degree circle you know I'm back where I belong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All full circle. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. if anyone wants to find you on social media, um, uh, what's your what's your Instagram? I forget. At, at BFM sixty five. Okay, and then Bob Moore on Facebook. Yep, M O H R. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Man. All right. Cool, been, yeah. Wes. Thanks so much. All right. All right. I'll be in touch. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thanks for all you do for all of us too in the community. You're a cool dude. I'm glad we met. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll be catching you later. I'll I'll let you know when the, when this comes up. Um, okay. Everything. Okay. Cool. Talk to you later. later.